Welcome to this verse-by-verse Bible teaching from Calvary Queen Creek in Arizona. We hope you're blessed by listening. Romans 10.17 says, Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. For more information, please visit calvaryqueencreek.org. If you brought your Bibles, uh, we will be in the book of Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 17. Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 17. I'll be reading from the King James Version. Some of you have the New King James Version, but please follow along. If you don't have a Bible, share one with your neighbor. And it reads, Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 17. If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Mortify therefore your members, which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanliness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, covetousness, which is idolatry. For which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience, in the which ye also walked some time when ye lived in them. But now ye are put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with the deeds, his deeds, and I put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond nor free, but Christ is all and in all. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these, put on charity, which is the bond of per- per- perfect perfection, perfectness, excuse me. And let the peace of God rule in your heart, to which ye are called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Verse 17. And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father uh, by him. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you for your rich word, which is rich in knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. Help us, O God, to grow in your word tonight. We pray, O God, that Jesus Christ be the center of our joy tonight. We pray that Jesus be increased as I decrease. We pray, O God, that you would change some heart, convict some heart, convert some heart to come and serve Jesus Christ. We pray, O God, that you would Get all the glory, all the praise. Help us to see from your word what you would have us to know and to learn in order to be effective witnesses, in order to be effective believers in this world. 
We pray, oh God, for the unsaved. We pray for the saved. We pray, oh God, that you would just equip your believers, the saints. Lord, help us to be changed. Help us to, to leave out this place better than we, when we came. We thank you right now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Tonight, uh, the message is entitled, Surrendering to Sanctification. Surrendering to Sanctification. Why the title, Surrendering to Sanctification? I'm glad you asked. Well, really and truly, we could have entitled this message, Surrendering to the Savior, because... It is the work of Christ that makes it possible for every saint to be justified, sanctified, and ultimately glorified. It is because of Jesus Christ, his death, his burial, and his resurrection from the dead, which allows believers to be positionally justified progressively sanctified, and ultimately perfectly glorified. The letter to the church of to Colossae is inspirational, intimate, and instructional. For those who are unaware, when we think of salvation, most of us think of it in only in one part or from one angle or from one viewpoint. It is said that salvation could be seen in three stages, past, present, and future. The past speaks of our justification. The present speaks of our sanctification. And our future speaks of our glorification in Christ Jesus. I like that old hymnal. Uh, Maybe you guys heard of it before. At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light. And the burdens of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith. I received my sight. And now I am happy all the day. Our justification happened Over 2,000 years ago at the cross, at the very place where Christ Jesus hung on the tree, was beaten, was bruised and battered, forsaken by all and even forsaken by his father. He was on the cross. He bled and died so that we might be what? Saved, that we might be what? Justified, that we might be what? Sanctified, and ultimately that we might be glorified. It was there where we see, where we received our sight. It was there by faith when we received the free gift of salvation by faith alone, by grace alone, and you guessed it, by Christ alone. We who were once guilty of sin and hell, we who were once enemies of a holy and just God, we who were once criminals, we have been justified. We have been made in right standing before a holy and just God on the account of Jesus Christ, his finished work 
on the cross. We've been acquitted of all charges against us as if we were guiltless of any crime committed and all charges have been dropped because of Jesus Christ our Lord because of his precious blood. The Bible says without the shedding of blood there is no remission or forgiveness of sins. Amen. It's because of Jesus Christ that we have been justified. Not only have we been justified in the past, we will be justified in the future. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, it speaks of the glorification at the rapture of the church. When you get a second, please read 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 verse 13 and onward. It speaks of the rapture of the church. But not only there does it speak of the rapture or the glorification that will take place at the rapture. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verses 53 through 55, it says in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye at the last trump. And for those who don't know what the last trump is, that is going to be on the exact feast of trumpets at the last trump for the. For the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. For this corruption must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality. We will receive our glorified body, whether in death or life, at the rapture of the church. I tell you, in a future sense, we will, our bodies will be saved in a glorified state. We're going to have a body that's just like Jesus. And that's good news. That's good news because we ought to live a better life until then. We ought to preach. We ought to witness. We ought to die to our flesh. We ought to learn how to beat our bodies into submission under the will of God. We will forever be with the Lord. Far too many of us in the body of Christ only think of salvation from one viewpoint. I like what Dr. Rodmacher stated while lecturing his students in class. He said that I have been saved. Listen to the the verb be. He said, I have been saved. That's in the past. He says, I am being saved. That's in the presence. And he says, I shall be saved. That is in the future. Tonight, I want to speak about surrendering to sanctification. There are three words that describe our sanctification. The word sanctify is one. The word holy is another. And the word saint is the third word. When we combine all these words together, it simply means to be set apart unto God. To be set apart unto God to take something that could be common and and make it to be used or set apart for God's use case in point when the priests they sanctified the cups they sanctified the furniture in the ark in the tabernacle it was common 
cups, common furniture, but it was sanctified, set apart unto God, so it was considered holy. You just couldn't drink a Sprite or drink some water on a casual day from one of God's cups. No, you had to, it had to be the priest or it had to be sanctified, it had to be set apart for a specific time, for a specific use. Amen. So just like the art, the art, the furniture, the Ark of the Covenant, these things are sanctified in the New Testament. We who are have been sanctified. We who are holy, we who are saints of God, we have been set apart by God. Amen. Amen. It's simple. It's simple. Sanctification involves faith and works. Justification only involves faith. Sanctification involves our beliefs and what we do with our beliefs. Sanctification involves rewards that we will receive like the crown of life. It involves rewards. The, the Bible says the, the one that wins souls must be wise. But we who witness for the Lord, God will reward you for why? Going out to be a witness. It's going to be a sad day in heaven that some people who, who think that they're, they're going to be rewarded the same as a person who's been working for the Lord. Now, we're not talking about works of salvation, we're talking about works for salvation. I mean, not, not works for salvation, but works of salvation. We're not saved by works. We're saved by grace, the grace of God alone. Pastor Jim states this almost every week in his message. It's not, not works for salvation, but works of salvation. Philippians chapter 2, verse 12 through 13 says, Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not in my presence only, but now much more in my absence. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. And to do, that's action. Sanctification is a work of God that requires our full participation. If we want to be sanctified, we have to volunteer ourselves every day. Amen. Notice the summary of the both both verses in Philippians. We are to work out what God has already worked in. We are to work out, let me say that one more time. We got to work out what God has already worked in. God gives us the desire. God gives us the strength. God gives us the power to what? To be sanctified. He makes it possible. But God is not going to do it against our will. We have to volunteer for sanctification. We have to sign up every day. We can't take a day off. Amen. Amen. 
Ain't going to get a lot of amens in there, but amen. For those who are taking notes, there are three points I would like to make tonight. If we as believers are to surrender to sanctification, there's at least three things that needs to happen. Number one, for you note takers, number one, there needs to be a decision. Pretty simple, right? There needs to be a decision. That's found in verses 1 through 4. Found in verses 1 through 4. You still have your Bibles open, right? Amen? Bible-believing church. We're going to go through the book. Number two, there needs to be a death. There needs to be a death. Verses 5 through 9. And the third point, there needs to be a desire. There needs to be a desire. Verses 10 through 17. Let's look at verses 1 through 4. It says, If then, if ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above and not on things on the earth. For ye are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Notice, if you will, that it says, if you then be risen with Christ. Meaning, if you are not a blood-bought believer, this does not apply to you. These passages of Scripture does not apply to you. Only to the redeemed. Only to those who've been regenerated. Only to those who've been saved. Only to those who've been born again. Is, is the Holy Spirit through the penmanship of Paul speaking to the church. Notice that it's, in, it's speaking to us who have been redeemed, but is speaking to those who have decided to receive the free gift of salvation and decided to follow Jesus Christ. Look at what it says. Jesus who sits on the right hand of God. Now we need to stop right there. Now why did the Holy Spirit put that right there? I believe that it's there because the right hand of God always speaks of God's authority and access. Let me prove to you what I mean. In Romans chapter 8, Romans chapter 8 verse 34 says that Christ makes intercession where? At the right hand of God. Christ has full access to the Father to make intercession on our behalf. Amen? And then in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 20 through 23, we see where Christ has been given the highest authority above all. And I mean all. Paul says, seek those things which are above. He wants us to seek 
heavenly things. He wants us to seek things of the divine. This is a command to seek. This is not a suggestion. It's an imperative. It's a command to seek. It is a command to do something in the future which involves a continuous, repeated action. This is sanctification. Every day. Every day we got to seek heavenly things. Every day we got to seek the divine. Every day we have to make a decision to serve and to live for Christ. We are to seek heavenly Thing, the heavenly and divine and not the earthly and demonic. Let me say that one more time. That's the contrast. We ought to seek the heavenly and divine and not the earthly and demonic. Christ is our life and we are hid in Christ. That means that our life is not our own. We've been bought with a price. Sorry to tell you. If you have not been volunteering for the sanctification process, you have not been in the will of God. It is God's perfect will that we submit that he, not only he be Savior, but he be what? Lord. Lord and Savior. Let's look at verse 4. It says, when Christ who is our life shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. Mm. Now, what, what is that talking about? As a result of being in Christ, we shall appear with him at his second coming. This verse references his second coming. The rapture is before the second coming. The second coming is when Christ comes and the kingdom of this world will become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ. This is after the great tribulational period. Okay. All right. Let's keep reading. Since we have this decided to choose Jesus, there needs to be a death that takes place in our life. It needs to be a dying daily and forevermore in Christ. Let's take a look at verses five through nine, if you will. Five through nine. It says, look at what it says. Mortify, therefore, your members, which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanliness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, covetousness, which is idolatry. For which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience, in which ye also walked some time when ye lived in them. But now ye are put off all these Anger, malice, wrath, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds. So let's paint the picture. If you notice, if you look around, 
all of us have some clothing on. Amen. Thank God. (laughs) When we decide to accept Jesus Christ, we are clothed in his righteousness. Amen. Amen. So when we go through, when it says we must die, we must put off the deeds of the flesh. So we must, we must unclothe ourselves from what? From sin, from practicing sin, from fornication, from anger, all the list that you see before you. But then we must put on Christ. It's pretty simple. All the things that are in the flesh, that's opposite of Christ's nature. Everything that we ought to put on lines up with his nature. Okay? So it's pretty simple. When we, when we grow in Christ, when we came to Christ, we have to decide today that we're going to put off and put on Christ. Say it with me. Put off and put on. We got to put off the flesh and put on the will of the Father. We got to put off carnality and put on what? Christ. We got to put off the deeds of the flesh and put on the duties of the Father. We have to put, we have to make it in our mind, decide what we going to put on today. Somebody cut you off? Driving down the street? We got to decide if we going to cuss them out or hold our tongue. Amen. Don't look at me like y'all ain't cussed before. I'm guilty. But the more we grow in God, God wants us to put off the flesh. This is a part of the sanctification process. While living in this world, while living In this sinful, corrupt body, we are to die to the flesh daily. We are to reject the flesh. We are to renounce the flesh. We are to refuse the flesh. We are to not resuscitate the flesh. Don't revive the flesh. Leave that flesh dead. You see the flesh on the side of the road? Leave it dead. Don't call the ambulance. Don't get the defibrillator. Leave it dead. When it say mortify, that's what it's talking about. Leave it dead. Leave our flesh dead. We are to die to all fornication. That means all types of sins. Pornea. That's where we get our word pornography, any kind of sin that's outside of God's will, any sin, sexual sin, uncleanliness, impure, evil thoughts. You know, some of us will have some impure thoughts. Amen. Some of us have impure thoughts and mental, not only physical, but mental. 
We also have mental and physical lust that we struggle with. Part of the flesh. Covetousness. Greed. Never satisfied, especially of things forbidden, which is a form of idolatry. Rather, greed or sexual sins all point to self-centeredness. That's why it says idolatry. What letter is in the middle of sin? I. What letter begins with idolatry? I. What's the center of pride? I. All these things are self-centered and not God-centered. God wants us to put off anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy. God wants our attitude and speech not to be one of bitterness and filthy communication. No dirty jokes. I was just playing. Nope. Mm-mm. Nope. Nope. A little soap never hurt my mouth when I would use foul language. I'm a witness. My mom washed my mouth out with soap. And I, in turn, washed some of my children's mouths out with soap. Got the toothbrush, made some bubbles, and got to scrubbing. As a re- See, God has, a un- he has a, a, an unusual way to, to help us learn, either through love, fear, or reward. Amen? I mean, God disciplines us, God loves us, and even God promises to reward us. You know, you, we as parents, we have to use God's methods, you know. Some children, you, you know, you love on them, they listen. Some children, you got to put the fear of God in them, then they listen. Then some children, you got to reward them, then they listen. But whatever method you use, as long as they get the point and they learn the lesson, then you'll be pleased. Amen? Now... I ain't going to harp on my children too much because I don't want to embarrass one of my sons in here. But the point is, is that God, he chastens those whom he loves. All of us have sinned. All of us have fallen short of the glory of God. All of us need the belt. All of us need to get hit, hit upside the head. Why? Because we're disobedient. Why? Because we're stubborn. Why? Because we what? Don't kill. We don't, we don't let the flesh die. We don't walk in the spirit. So God just lovingly taps us, send a storm, might lose a job. Why? I don't know. Maybe you was making your job your idol. But God has a plan for all of us. His ultimate plan is that we may grow in Christ. Grow in Christ. Let's look at verse 10 through 17. It says, And having put on a new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him, whether there, let's stop right there. I want to stop right there. In order for every Christian to grow in Christ, we must have a desire to do so. This desire starts with the desire to know God more and even more intimately. Still have your Bibles open, right? 
Notice that it says, and put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge. After the image of him that created him. We ought to be renewed in knowledge. Verse 10 says, once we have put on a new man, we must be constantly renovated. Constantly renovated. I know you guys know what renovated mean, right? Renovated. Renewed or made new by the true knowledge of God's word and not false doctrine. That's why it's important for us to read and study the word for ourselves. Jesus says, don't trust no man. Don't, tr- don't, don't trust me. Check the record. Check the book. Study it for yourself. Why? Because God wants us to rely totally independent upon him. I can make mistakes, whether willfully or not willfully. But I get this book, perfect. Perfect. Don't put your trust in man. Trust in the Lord. Amen. Don't even trust yourself. I let myself down. You let yourself down too. And we have let ourselves down. Amen. Sometimes you be like, man, I, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. And then next thing you know, we're doing what we don't have no business doing. Amen. 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 We just make it practical tonight. Amen. Every night. So we ought to be renewed by the true knowledge of God's word. We ought to throw out all the wrong ideas, wrong beliefs that are not biblical. Bible-centered and that, and that are not Christ-centered. Don't give us your opinion. Just tell us what the Bible say. If I don't know something, I'm going to say I don't know. But I'm going to try to go find out. Amen? If we are to grow from a baby to full maturity, a mature man or mature woman in Christ is going to take sanctification. Setting apart. It's going to be painful. It's going to be growth pains involved. It's going to take patience, forgiveness, dying, denial, repentance. It's going to take the word of God. In verse 10, the more we know, the more we can grow. Say that one more time. The more we know, the more we can grow. Just because we know a lot don't mean we're growing. But it gives us the opportunity that we can grow. I say this all the time or frequently to my my children and, and people that I meet. Read a little. Read a little. Apply much. That's how we grow. Don't just try to read a whole bunch of chapter books. In the Bible, and you have no idea what it's talking about. You, have, you didn't take no time to meditate, to ponder, to think, so you can try to what? Apply it through the Holy Spirit. Read a little, apply much. When I say apply much, apply it. At, find out the principle in the Bible and apply it everywhere you can in your life. Line upon line, precept upon precept. 
If we are going to grow, it's going to take a decision on God's part and ours, a dying to take place and a desire to live in Christ in a daily relationship, in a daily rejection and in a daily renewing of the mind. Sanctification in the life of the believer is important to God so much that the triunity of the Godhead is involved in every aspect of our spiritual growth pertaining to sanctification. Let's prove it. Let's go to Jude 1. Jude 1. Turn in your Bibles. Jude 1. Right before Revelation. It's only one chapter. Look at what it says. In Jude 1, we are sanctified by God the Father. Look at what it says. Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ, the brother of James, to them that are sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ and called. Right there. God the Father is involved in our sanctification. Let's turn to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 26. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 26. In this verse, we see we are sanctified by God the Son. Notice what it says. Husbands, love your wives even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Verse, verse 26, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word. Christ Jesus washes the church with the word. And we as husbands need to wash our, wa- our wives with the word. Amen. Not only the, does the father sanctify us, not only does the son sanctify us, but I'm going to show you something else. The Holy Spirit sanctifies us. All right. Let's turn to Romans chapter 15, verse 16. Romans chapter 15, verse 16. Romans chapter 15, verse 16. And it reads that I should be the minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles ministering the gospel of God that the offering up of the Gentiles might be acceptable being sanctified by the Holy Ghost. We are sanctified by God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Not only are we sanctified by the triunity or the Godhead, but we are sanctified by God's word. Let's turn to John chapter, St. John chapter 17. St. John chapter 17. And I'm almost done. Get out the way. Chapter 17, verse 17. This is what Jesus says. He says, sanctify them through thy word, through thy truth. Thy word is true. We are sanctified by the word of God, by the word of God. And then we are also sanctified by the blood, by the blood of Christ. Let's turn to Hebrews chapter 13, Hebrews chapter 13. This is good, good exercise to get to know where your Bible and the books are. Amen. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 12. I purposely went back and forth because we need to all grow in learning the word. Amen. All right. So Hebrews chapter 13, verse 12. Wherefore, Jesus also that he might sanctify the people with his own blood suffered without the gate. 
We are sanctified by the blood of Christ. Amen. And lastly, in Hebrews, uh, I'm going to give you a break. Look in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 10. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 10. Notice what it says. By the which we, we, well, we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. We have been sanctified by the offering of Jesus' body. He makes it possible. He makes it possible. It was seen to me that God wants all of us to be sanctified. If God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit is involved in our sanctification, it would seem to me that God wants us all to be sanctified. Those who are believers. Let's turn to Philippians chapter 1 verse 6. Philippians chapter 1 verse 6. It reads, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you, will perform it into the day of Jesus Christ. That's, that's a promise. That's sanctification. If you are at the same spiritual level as last year or yesterday, shame on you. You haven't put on Christ. You haven't clothed yourself with the word. Dive in the word of God. Not only you, but I'm challenged to dive. Not only we who teach, but we are students as well. All of us are called to, be, to study to show ourselves approved unto God. I'm glad God is, is involved in our sanctification. Whatever he's begun, he's going to continue it into the day of Jesus Christ. Oh, thank God for that. We couldn't do it on our own. Let's turn to 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18. Last verse. 2 Peter chapter 3. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18. Look at what it says. I like this. It says, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. If we want to give God the glory, if we want to please God, we must go grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord, Savior Jesus Christ. Notice it's twofold, grace and knowledge. A lot of people have knowledge without grace. And some people have grace without knowledge. God wants us to have grace and knowledge, that's how we can be humble. So if you have all knowledge of the scripture, that's pride. If you have all grace, that's no wisdom. But when we have knowledge and grace, we can grow in the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for your grace and your mercy. We thank you that you are totally involved in the sanctification process. Lord, continue to set us apart. Lord, I pray, oh God, that you would inspire the hearers, not only the hearers, but even myself to continue to read your word, to continue to die to self, to continue to apply your word through your 
Holy Spirit, through the power of your Holy Spirit. I pray, oh God, that you would help us, equip us, strengthen us, that we, be, that we may be more like Christ. Some of us can't witness, Lord, because we haven't been in the book. Some of us can't stop being angry because we haven't humbled ourselves before you, Lord. Help us to love. Help us to share. Help us to grow. It is in Jesus' name we pray for his namesake. Amen. Amen. Tonight is... Uh, Amen. Tonight is communion. This is one of those Wednesdays on special occasions that we get to remember what Christ has done on the cross, his suffering, his suffering. We have the communion elements in the front and in the back. Christ paid. He took our place on Calvary. So as you pray, and as you ask God to forgive you for your sins, and might I add, if you're not saved, do not take communion. Do not take communion. Communion is not for the unsaved. It's for those who are in perfect relationship with Jesus Christ by faith alone, by grace alone, by Christ alone. So as God lays on your heart to come, just come as, as you, your leisure as you want. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for these communion elements. Lord, we thank you for your sacrifice. We thank you for your death, your burial, and your resurrection. We pray, oh God, that you forgive us all for our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Lord, help us to remember. Help us to remember those hours that you were on the cross. It should have been us. should have been me, Lord. But you took our place willingly, We thank you, Father, for your justification. We thank you for your sanctification. And we thank you for your glorification in Christ. Bless now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this teaching from God's Word. If you have any questions, would like to request prayer, or want more information about our church and how you can experience the love and hope of Jesus Christ in your life, please visit Calvary Queen Creek dot org.